This is Daisen Shui XD Podcast, episode 160, for the week of January 18th, 2009. Welcome to Dies and Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dies and Shui X. Why don't you just finish it? We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hi there. Hi, Mary. How you doing? I am fine and dandy and swell and spiffy. On cloud nine this week, I guess. Yeah. Minus the headaches that. <laughs> it creates, but that's all right. Yeah, the constant headaches that accompany my pure joy. <laughs> hey. It's so ironic. Mary's over there. Yep. She's in her high chair so Shut she up. can reach my, the microphone. My feet don't touch the ground. <laughs> they don't. You want to see? They, they I, really don't. I can see. I can see out of the corner of my eye. How you doing? You're great. I, I'm, I'm great. But Everything's wonderful. Life is good. Life is wonderful. Life yeah. is beautiful. What was the name of that movie from Italy? Is that Life is Life Beautiful? Is beautiful. <laughs> I've never seen it. I would like to see it. You that haven't movie. seen it? I have not I seen it. I saw it in theaters with a friend. I am pretty sure I was actually, and Tara's going to join you but up on your chair by the microphone. I'm pretty sure I was working at Blockbuster back when that movie came out. And people were pissed that it was in a different language with yes, subtitles. I remember they this. were. <laughs> see, when I went to see it, you know, and it was subtitled with, you know, in, in Italian. Right, right. And Sub-tub- we were we were the youngest people in the theater. Everyone else was like oh, old sure. people. Tara, you want to be on the podcast? She's in my face. <laughs> I wish you could all see this, but she is in my face. And eh, she left. She's bored. She left. Uh, so that is our little movie discussion for the week. Fantastic. That was so random. I'm sorry. Okay. Mary, hi. Yo, how That's, are you? That's uh, you. Yeah. My name's Mike. I go by Vegito EX on the interwebs. And... That's really all I have to say about it. Mary, why are you in a good mood? Let's put it out there. Sure. Well, we were uh, bidding on a townhouse nearby, and we got it. And yeah. we got it at a fantastically low, low price. Thank you, shitty economy. Yay. I love benefiting from your sorrow. That's right. Actually, I don't. I feel a little bad, but I don't feel bad because we <laughs> saved money, so. Damn straight. So Spend money to We're very money. happy about that. We're taking some time off from all that to record a podcast. We got to do that kind of shiz. You know, every week we get a show for people. And, and, and I also think you're doing me a courtesy. Why is that? Because we're not recording tomorrow, and I think we're doing that for a reason. No, I just felt like doing it tonight. Oh. You're oh. pretty full of yourself over there. I am pretty full of myself. Sorry. Sorry, I thought you were being nice to your wife. Not trying to dump chores on her on, uh, on, a, on a certain day. Yeah, yeah. By the time the episode comes out, you'll have gone through another birthday. Congrats. Yay! Thank you. Congrats on living another year. I lived, and I'm proud. Let's talk Dragon Ball. I suppose we should. We got lots of stuff. Actually, not much in news, not much in the way it releases. Media of the episode is really going to be the topic this week. We are going to be bringing on, well, he's our podcast host, and he's our resident video expert. So uh, I think he kind of applies to this. He actually pitched this topic to me and i thought it was a good idea so i agreed to it and that's basically why we're doing it how you doing over there the last week you're playing with the xlr cable this week you're playing with coffee mug it's because i realized it's been sitting here which is my own fault and i thought let's peek inside and see how gross it is and then i couldn't open it because the coffee on the lid had hardened that is repulsive yeah i'm, I'm not gonna drink from this for for a while okay mary yeah god of chaos is gonna be joining us oh shortly. wow I heard you say that. Okay. I know that. Well, he will be here. Now everyone else knows. I know. 
So before he shows up, we're going to record everything else in the show. A little bit of news, not too much. Kind of recap and adding to some previous news. Uh, and then I think we get some emails and that rest of the show. So Mary, unless you have anything else you would like to discuss. If you let me discuss shit, I'm just going to be talking about the townhouse and how Dyson X, the studio, will be moved into a bigger, finer establishment. Very true. With potentially clearer audio once we're, you know, more further removed from certain objects like refrigerators and such. And a billion computers over here. And stomping above neighbors. That's right. So, Mary. Yeah, let's get cracking, cracking. Mary, just a couple quick things. The supposedly, most likely, it looks like it, American trailer for the upcoming live action movie has come out. Yeah, and it's um, pretty much essentially what we've seen already with a few tweaks. The thing I noticed the most about the trailer was that they added in, and fr- correct me if this was in the in the teaser, and I'm All just right. forgetting, say, some generic line that they always throw in action movies when they don't have anything better to say about, you know, a world in danger or... Do you remember how the line went exactly? Something about the world is in peril or to save our universe, those kind of things. To save our world or something like that. It's like, ah. So that's a bad sign to you. Yes, it is. Okay. It's like you, you can't think of anything better to say. You can't say, based on the worldwide international phenomenon, I guess no one cares that it right. is that. Because that's the best they can do. It's a generic line. In any event, um, yeah, it's pretty much the teaser trailer. It was trailer. mostly the same. There are a couple of re-recorded lines of dialogue, a couple updated special effects, and a couple of different shots here and there. More or less the exact same thing as the quote-unquote international trailer, which is what IGN was hosting and had leaked online previous uh, to that. Basically, the same so we'll keep you updated if any other new things come out there uh speaking of the live action movie mary play asia is hosting a listing for dragon ball evolution which is the name of the movie however this is the psp game based on the movie and their listing uh, has a release date of march 19th i need to update that on the site i wrote 2008 clearly that's wrong <laughs> it would be 2009 oh, i've go. been so good everywhere and that I, was done in the morning so i know that little typo has been there all day God. I know, I'm so bad. I've gotten everything on the podcast right. Everything else on the site is right with 2009. Well, by the time this podcast is dead, it'll be long since corrected. That's right. It's all good. All fixed. Uh, Yeah, March 19th. For 50 bucks, it looks like. This would be the Japanese release of the game. Uh, They're also getting the movie in March. We're getting the movie a month later in April. That's interesting. So can we assume that maybe we'll hear about this soon? Maybe an American release in April? We have no idea. But since the movie's being made over in America, or has been made, over in America. I have to assume... It was made in Mexico. Don't you forget it. Well, some stuff was. Yeah. It's part of the Americas. Made in Mexico. North American releases cover okay, Canada and Mexico fair as well. Enough. All right. North American. I shove that in there. Remember the old... I, I totally have to go off on a tangent. Do you All remember right. this old internet phrase? People would refer to, you know, the dub of DBZ. I, I used to refer to this as such as well. N-A-D-B-Z. Yes, I do remember I that. I kind of miss those days. Because there was a point online when you could have discussions where the North American dub was nothing more than a small curiosity in a larger American family. Fandom, which was basically exclusively the Japanese version and maybe a little bit of the Mexican dub. Which is weird because Mexico is part of North America as well. We tend to forget this 
And we so- we're sorry, Mexico. Yes, but thank you, Mary. Thank okay. you for your decade-old history lesson. I didn't mean to derail the conversation. Let us continue. Perfectly fine. The only other thing we have to mention, this is kind of a follow-up on what we talked about last week when we learned about Funimation layoffs. We knew there were two. One was their chief operating officer, Brian Burke. We've since learned that there's been about 20 layoffs. That's a big difference. I don't how know do you, if that's I, in addition to the two or if that includes the two. I don't understand. Like, how do you go from two to 20? Yeah, it's pretty big. Maybe they didn't know the whole details of it. Maybe a couple important ones leaked out. We've been seeing a lot of this online lately where people are learning about layoffs at other companies because of updates on LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe it was the the formal announcement of the 20 where we learned about this. So there's that going on. And we mentioned a couple things last week, such as uh, Genfu Kanaga, who's the president and CEO of Funimation, which itself now is a wholly owned subsidiary of Navarre. Uh, we mentioned something about him getting a giant bonus in 2010 if they meet expectations on things. So I updated today with a follow-up on that Funimation layoffs and stuff, and I pulled it out of their SEC filings, what that exact thing is. And uh, by 2010, if they meet these expectations, he can get up to $5 million in a payout. What? Yeah, just you for- make $5 million bucks off of being an anime? peddler that's crazy and he makes i th- oh, i didn't write this down i think it's three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year i think that's i saw it i see it right there oh okay do i do have that there gotcha um can i also derail the conversation you're, yet again you're great at and, it take it away and tell me if i'm crossing the line i remember back in the day a young man named mike used to tell me i don't like updating my site with news about funimation this is not a funimation fanboy website however we're reporting on this yes so so why should we care well it affects us in a lot of ways. One is they're laying off employees and they're putting out that whole, oh, there's nothing to worry about. We're still gaining new licenses, that kind of stuff. And I'm looking out for the little man here. I don't want people buying all of their DVC season sets and having them canceled out from under themselves again. Yeah, but they're at the end, aren't they? Yeah, true enough. But hey, we're talking about Blu-ray coming up. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to acknowledge Funimation. We're an English language Dragon Ball fan site. So, you know, we're obviously going to talk about stuff that's going on in our own country. It's easier for me to pull out SEC filings than it is get any info about Toei other than what they kind of minorly release. But let me keep going here because this affects more than just Funimation. Coincidentally, Atari's license with Funimation expires in 2010, around the same time that Gen Fukunaga would get a massive payout. So it's in his best interest to keep the company going and doing well and keeping Atari releasing Dragon Ball games because they sell well, get himself to 2010 and get that $5 million. And then retire a rich old man. Still off the company. Actually, I think he's in his mid-40s. You can also pull that out of the SEC filing. I think he's 46. (laughs) That's pretty young. He's not that old. No. Uh, I think that's the news. Okay, then. All right. So, Mary, we are going to transition over to something we're going to record after we record the rest of the show. We're going to talk with God of Chaos about Funimation, fancy that, and Dragon Ball on Blu-ray. So here we are on a fine Thursday evening here to talk about Dragon Ball and Funimation and Blu-ray. We've brought on the show once again, uh, as you'll hear later, because he basically pitched me the topic and I thought it was a good idea. And I was looking for a show to do this week. We got God of Chaos, our podcast host. What's up, man? Nothing much. No, okay. Then if you got nothing going on, I guess I'll just hang up. We'll talk to someone else. <laughs> just, har- just harassing you on the forum over your 
predictions. <laughs> I saw that. I quote unquote predicted that Funimation will be releasing Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray in 2009. Hey, I think it was a fair enough prediction to make without any, maybe, I don't know, knowledge beforehand. Mary, you're still here with us. Yes, I am. All right. So you're going to talk about Blu-ray with us. I will try, despite right. not having any Blu-ray. I mean, we have some. Right. No Dragon Ball yet. No Dragon Ball. Although, I have to say, the next Blu-ray I should get should really be DBZ Movie 1. Keep it going there. But... Hell yeah. We're talking about the and TV series. versions of it on Blu-ray, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's a couple. <laughs> so... Uh, you basically are going to run the show here. Uh, you've given me a list of images and told me not to click any of them just yet. We'll get to them. But I know you have a couple specific things you want to talk about. I don't even know where we're going to go. Lead us away. Funimation, Blu-ray, and Dragon Ball. Go. Okay. We know that they are working on Blu-ray of the TV show to some extent. We don't know if this is, you know, towards the end planning or if technical stuff is being done as we speak, but it is actively being talked about by employees of Funimation that it is being done, I don't want to say now, but basically yes. Okay. So we will be getting the set sooner rather than later, the TV show on Blu-ray. All right, fair enough. I just figured let's go over how other stuff has shown up on Blu-ray, including the Dragon Ball Z movies, and some possibilities of what we can expect. Best case, worst case, gotcha. that kind of thing. Okay. Because most people don't know there actually is, um, and I don't know if it's native 1080p footage or if it's upscaled, there is part of the TV show on Blu-ray already at 1080p. Ah. I know exactly where you're going with this. Would this be TV specials? No, I'm oh. talking the actual series. You got me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, I'm trying to think. What would it be? Well, hey, TV specials would sort of apply because those were... Yeah, but, I, but I'm talking about specifically... Those had a, I don't want to say a real budget, but a budget that the show doesn't have. Fair enough. Okay, so what are you talking about then? Well, you'll remember the original trailer that was on the web. Yes. And it then showed up on their DVD sets. That's true. But what most people don't know is it showed up on the original prototype Blu-ray they did in 2007, the Broly uh, two-pack. Oh, that whole, this is where remastering the series and blah, 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 aren't we so cool? But here's what's interesting. The trailer was 1080. Oh, no kidding. So that original trailer was done in 1080. Yeah. And now, originally, I didn't notice this. I noticed it going back a few months after I figured out how to take screen caps of Blu-rays just playing around. And after noticing the title stuff was a lot cleaner than it should have been, because I figured it was just the DVD trailer on there, I realized this was actually 1080 footage. All right. Now, the only thing we don't know is, is that is the video from the show, is just the trailer blown up? Is it actually 1080 footage? Is it just the DVD footage upscaled? We don't necessarily know where the footage is from, so even though I have a cap of it to show off, we don't necessarily know if this is what the sets will look like. I get what you're saying. All. So we don't know if whatever source footage they used to make this trailer itself was 1080 or was exactly. 480 and they just blew it up to 1080 to encode on the Blu-ray. So it could either, yes, it could either be their, their 1080p masters or it could be 320 web footage that they blew up. Just, and they had the titles. Right, right. Well, we know that 1080 footage exists because that's how they yeah. touted redoing this whole thing, scanning it in at 1080. That was what was so great. And then, you know, we got these trailers where the clarity you can only get with DVD, which goes against what they said with them making. Mm -hmm. We know they have 1080. Well, the irony was that 
that same trailer with that same text showed up on a Blu-ray in 1080. Ah, that's fantastic. So, is there something you want to show me here? Yes, let's, why don't you take a look at the DBZ TV capture. Okay, I'm going to load it up over on my resolution where I can go up to 1050. So, i got to vertically scroll a little bit. You can all zoom in, but this is a a lossless screen capture I've taken from that trailer. Okay, and this is Piccolo fighting two Cybermen. And, as you can tell, it's not frankly very good. No, Piccolo is extremely blurry over on the left there. Now, why don't you open the one that, uh, the cooler 1080 picture? This is a screen cap from the fifth movie. Okay. And it's a screen cap of Goku. This is wow. significantly cleaner. But even the first one, I think, looks good for Dragon Ball. I agree. And to be fair, this is a close-up shot of Goku just kind of standing there. But at least on the other one, the Saibai men were in the foreground. So there's a decent comparison there. That looks like there. a cell. It's so nice. Yeah, it's actually... The one thing that I've said is their movies generally are, have been well done. Yeah, people have been saying that these movie encodes are much better. We are losing a little bit of detail. I did see someone comparing... Yeah. It was a shot oh. from movie DBZ Movie 1... It was a close-up of Kami, and the shadows that were on his, um, I don't know, vest suit were completely removed due to their um, remastering here. Oh, no, definitely. I agree there, but I'm just saying that this is, I don't want to say tolerable, but it's no, th- acceptable. This, this is, I would absolutely use the word acceptable as the right word for this, yes. I, I mean, I don't think anyone necessarily needs or expects the 100% most perfect thing ever, especially with regards to a show from the 80s and early 90s. Right, and if you want that, you already bought Dragon Box and movies. Exactly. Okay, now, the screen cap this is, I think it's an upscale, but I'm not sure just because there's certain details that tend to come out a bit too clean. Yes. Like some of the, um, I don't want to say the speed, but the brightness behind the same, and you can see, um, I want to say brush strokes, sort of. On which one, the movie one or the TV one? The TV one. Okay, let me go if back over to, to that one. If you look to the right of the Simon, you can sort of see, like, brush pads. Yes, yes, definitely. Now, I don't know if that's actually brush pads or if that's just something that showed up during the upscaling of footage, but it's there. Gotcha. So let's move on to actual discussion now. All right, what do you got? Well, I guess the first thing I should say is, is how does bit rates they've used compared to other releases? That's a good point, because Funimation has been notorious over the years for low bit rates. But let's start with uh, bit rate necessarily. At the end of the day, that's not the only thing you use to judge the video quality, but it does give you a starting off point. Right. So let's look at, this is for um, the fifth Dragon Ball Z movie again, the first Cooler movie. Okay. The video bit rate, which is the advanced AVC codec. That was my next question, is which codec was it encoded in? It's That's generally one of your two advanced codecs. It's basically what you expect for Blu-rays for right. decent ones. The bitrate is about 20M, that's, so that's about 19958 kbps. Okay, that's pretty decent. Now, let's go ahead and look at a modern TV show. Unfortunately, I don't have access to 80s, 90s animation on Blu-ray that much to compare, so I just grab stuff. Okay, basically. fair enough. So this is from the Termin- This is from uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the first episode on Blu-ray. They use the VC1 codec, which is different, but it basically does the same thing. It ha- it is nineteen three hundred twenty-five. All right, so roughly the same there for a relatively modern television show. Right. So we can generally say that, and this these were two movies on a single air disc. So Funimation, they're not using dual air for these, but I don't think they need to. No, I think they're showing up just fine. 
Right. We can probably expect about that level for the TV show based on what little we know from Funimation's upcoming TV show plans. Uh-huh. Like, uh, their first TV show release that they're doing is uh, Samurai 7, which will be on three discs. And this was announced a long time ago. We kept getting pushed back. What was up with that? Uh... No idea. <laughs> okay. Navare's like Navare's done a bit of shuffling on like the disclosed BCI, which generally yes, done, I saw that. But what's interesting is, and this is one of the things people thought was that BCI might be shut down, but maybe their um, Ronin Films label would be folded into Funimation. Gotcha. That makes that's sense. Where they do, that's where they do Japanese imports, Samurai films. Then maybe Samurai Seven would be tossed into that. Gotcha. But I doubt it. I think there's probably just delayed to do extra commentary, that kind of crap. Right. Because I know there's at least one new commentary on it. Gotcha. Okay, let, now let's look at the audio. Okay. The Japanese track, let's start there, is not mono. Oh, really? It's encoded as stereo. It's encoded as stereo, which the original audio was mono, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. Mix. Okay. Now, for mono audio, in general, you'll get either 96K for a single layer right. on, the, uh, on DVDs, or it'll be done as dual stereo, which is each joint stereo. Each track is exactly the same, and you get basically 96 per each one. Right. For a total of 192. Right. Here, they've actually encoded it at 640. Oh, no kidding. So it's not lossless, but it's... Pretty damn close, yeah. It's close enough that chances are even... Unless you have the best ears on the planet, you're probably not going to notice. Although we should say that Funimation is working... They're still working with whatever masters they had prior, so... Well, that part, especially with those masters, I'm not sure this matters. Right, because the Dragon Box audio is significantly better. I remember one of the first things we noticed when we popped that in is how crystal clear it sounded for... A That's shitty old huge. mono track. It's huge. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's painful to listen to. Right. So this isn't going to match that, but whatever they have, they've encoded at a really nice bit rate, basically. This is basically as nice as I think we can expect Funimation's Japanese audio to sound, period. I don't gotcha. think not being lossless makes a difference. Right. Then, of course, we have Funimation's audio. Yes. Which is done lossless. Oh, really? Okay. Meaning it is basically the best quality you can expect to get based on their masters. They're um, encoded as 16-bit Dolby True HD audio tracks. Nice. Now, I'm guessing they probably don't have masters that could handle being 24-bit, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Right, right. So there are five, uh, the 5.1, and the bit rate is about 1,500 each. Okay. And even if you don't have something that can decode True HD, it has a core file at 640, which is about, I think, what the DVDs have. Nice. All right. So no matter what side you're going with, the audio is basically going to be as good as you're going to get from Funimation without getting gigantic wave files, really. Exactly. Okay. And with lossless, that doesn't matter. Right. It's the same thing at that point. That's what we had for Dragon Ball Z. But let's look at a few more screen caps of, I don't want to say more modern stuff, but stuff that you can generally expect it to be better. Okay. So first, let's look at a few older things that have been remastered and thrown on Blu-ray. Uh, let's look at the Batman and the Casablanca shot. All right, let me load up Batman here. And now, this is, the, oh, this is the old Adam West stuff. Now, obviously, this isn't, you know, these are name brands that the companies can afford to remaster properly, but they're older than the... TPZ movies, nice spot. You know, right. There needs to be some basis of comparison here. Right. So we have the Batman shot. Okay. Then we have Casablanca, which, of course, is not cropped because it's not supposed to be. And this is great. Mary, I'm, I'm going to take it over to you. What is the first thing you notice about this screenshot? The bars on the sides? That's right. Yes. That's done because this, it shouldn't be. 
I, I know it gets brought up a lot with Jagger, but it, full screen stuff should not be cropped. And this is perfect proof that you can have a true HD source that isn't at a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. Because this, this is an argument that I think we've both seen on the form a lot is that Funimation had to do it because... Which is false. Have, Absolutely false. There are very few exceptions to the, the do not crop full screen footage that I can think of. And one of the few exceptions, which is not Dragon Ball Z, is the first two se- the first season of Justice League. Okay. That's one of the few exceptions here. And that's a better comparison because I'd hate for people to come in and be like, you can't compare Casablanca to Dragon Ball, but no, Justice League, that, that's also a fair comparison there. But that was done because they actually framed it for widescreen but were told they had to animate full screen. Gotcha, okay. Now let's look at something Funimation has done. All right, good. Uh, check out the, Ro- the Robotech screen cap. Robotech, all right. Funimation put out a Robotech release. Yes. This is the the new, well, I think it's like two years old now, but the Shadow Chronicles movie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This is not a capture I uh, took for myself. This is one I got from, um, I think the website's called Cinema Squid. They do some screen caps also. Okay. I just, just didn't pulled feel it like down. grabbing my disc, but it's lossless anyways. Right. Robotech had some animation issues that it wasn't the highest budget thing, but Funimation has generally, trying to think of the way to put this, um, reviewers have generally said that Funimation did the disc well. Any video issues were due to the animation itself, not due to anything they did with okay. the coding. As you can see, the colors are generally bright. There's no um, pixelation. At least that's not there because of the animation. But it's generally encoded very well. It's very clean. Yeah, I would say so. I, I mean, it looks like a low to medium budget show how it should probably look. If their masters hold up to any extent, it obviously will not look like this, but we can ex- probably expect... I don't want to... See, the problem is we don't know what they're doing when it comes to the blurring. Right, the, we never have a clue what they're doing. We'll go over that later, but the problem is that I could say it could come out this clear or it couldn't. We don't know. Right. It won't come out looking like this just because this is newer. Gotcha. Okay, then the one last example for this, the uh, the DTG one. Uh, this wasn't Funimation. This was a, another low-budget company that you know very well, Mike. You'd know them as the guys who put out the Dragon Ball uh, live-action movie. Oh, uh, okay. This was one of their first Blu-rays. Uh, the oh, no Dragon Tiger Gate. Okay. And I think this is the kind of thing we can expect to look at in regards to Funimation Blu-rays. They got generally good source material, and I think they actually co-produced the Hong Kong Blu-ray. Gotcha. All right. So it's generally encoded well, and it's probably more on the level we can expect Funimation stuff to be as long as the blurring doesn't get done. Gotcha. And just to check animation, we have two more caps at the very bottom, Chitram and the Simpsons. Gotcha. I'll pull these up. And this is this is our best case scenario, basically. Right, which is pretty impossible because you're pulling this from the newest Futurama movie, the third movie. Which, yes, but we but we do have new Dragon Ball Z animation that chances are Funimation will have at some point. Ah, uh, very true. And these are absolutely gorgeous screen caps. Yeah, from these, these are two. basically. I, I don't think you could imagine either one even looking better, could you? No, not at all. You can even see little dirt details on a uh, spider pig there. Yeah, I was gonna say the just the left side, uh, not even where he's stepping on the wall, but the left side, kind of dirt mud marks on the, the wall and the ceiling. Okay, now let's, I guess we should talk about what Funimation will actually do. Okay, let's do it. The most likely thing is that it will be t- their 1080 footage, probably blurred to, I don't want to, 
Well, we don't know how much, but I'm going to probably say more than most people would be find acceptable. I think we can say that whatever was shown and people have noticed on the DVDs is only going to be amplified when we see it at whatever their quote-unquote native sizes. I think it purely depends on at what level did they do the, the how do we say it wrong, digital video noise reduction. Right. Did they do it at the level of doing the DVDs and downscaling it? Or do they have, I don't want to say pristine 1080p footage, but footage that they can work off of that isn't fully crap. Right. You know, uh, one argument that's been out there is that some of this blurring and some of the problems we've seen has been the result of a bad downsample. Well, this is going to be perfect proof one way or the other whether or not that is true. There actually are comedy for that in that Funimation after the first few seasons around that time frame. Yeah. They got a new... I don't know the old guy's name or the new guy's name, but they got a new authoring person. And right around then, all their DVDs start to look significantly better. We're not talking about the season sets at this point. We're talking in the past, prior to that, right? Yes. Okay. The first three, the first around when I think the fourth season came. Do you guys know which season they have labeled the one with trunks? I think that's four. Okay, right around then, the video quality jumped up along with every other DVD Funimation was doing. Okay, so it was around the time that they were doing the season sets. So they've actually moved to different houses over the years. Well, that's what's interesting. I don't have season four. One of the promotional things I got from them was season seven, and I did spot check it, and it is significantly better than the first set. Well, to be fair, that's 1995 as opposed to 1989. Yeah, but in coding itself, I mean, it just seems to be of a better quality. Okay, then that's a fair note to make then. Chances are the menus probably will be... I'm going to guess more along the lines of the movie ones. They actually have done... I don't want to say new animation, but they actually have done a few... A new logo animation for Dragon Ball Z with uh, Dragon Ball involved for the menus. Okay, so something like a Flash animation where a little piece of something is moving around. Yeah, it's it's rather nice. It generally goes to their hard rock music that they love to put in there. Yeah. But it's generally a nice animation that I wouldn't be surprised if it showed up. Okay. It's been showing up in all their movie sets. As opposed to the static menus from the DVDs, which I kind of like. (laughs) Chances are we'll have probably nothing online enabled. No, there's nothing to do there. See, I still think, and this is something that they probably should do, is have it Blu-ray live enabled. That's where you can go online on the disc. Right. And have trailers for all their stuff. What I think they should really do is just set it up so we can do commentaries every month. The funny part is, is some Blu-rays do ha- actually have them. Yeah, I know. There was just recently a Dark Knight one that did that where the it's, director was doing it's it. Just a fu- it's just a fun concept because you can go and record commentaries and people can go and get them. Right. Or have uh, live synced watch, uh, watch, I don't want to say parties, but where people... Yeah, like if I'm viewing here, parties. There, exactly, yeah. We can watch them synced and chat with each other. Or we could, you know, just go into home on PS3 and watch something up on the wall and awkwardly wave and salute to each other. Exactly. Assuming it loads. (laughs) Okay, that's basically what I think is probably realistically, it's basically going to be the TV sets probably on how many episodes is the first set? Uh, About 35, 36, something like that. I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm going to go ahead and say four discs at the least, five at the most. So you think they're going to mirror the exact same episodes per set and just do a Blu-ray version of that and possibly lower discount because they can fit more on? I think that's the most reasonable thing to expect. Right. But the problem is that... Just like last time you were on the show, we're using logic. We can't do it. They've put, I don't want to say a lot of money, but they put a lot of effort to rechristen them in season sets. Right. So I think they'll go with that same 
Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think they'd randomly for Blu-rays put them elsewhere unless they are going to try to make it more uniform sets well, like they've done for, say, One Piece. Here's the on real DVD. question. This is the most burning question in everyone's mind. What is the color of the box going to be? My, my honest guess is they're probably going to go with something like probably what uh, the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles use it. It's probably going to be a Blu-ray, a normal Blu-ray case, thicker to about the size of a DVD case, with a flap on the inside to hold the first and second disc, with the third disc being in the normal position. Okay. And so you think it's going to be blue with, with, with in overall color Yeah, with extra pieces for four and five, and I think the insert will be will basically be the same. Gotcha. All right, let's go around then. Mary, What do you think this is true? Do you think they'll go with a new color scheme for Dragon Ball and Blu-ray? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. You think it's going to be blue to go with the whole Blu-ray? Yeah, thing? because, I mean, it would also be appropriate for the show if you're going by Goku's colors and everything. All right, I'll agree with but you there's, guys then. There's, but there's one, there's one, and this is actually something I've seen people argue, there's one flawed logic with thinking the cover will be different. Okay. All, all they've done, the movie is exactly the same. So far. Oh, very true. Yeah, the the only difference is just that Blu-ray um instead of being horizontal splash case, across the top. Blu-ray cases. Right. Which that's not even part of the cover art, that's part of the case. Well then again, those are released simultaneously, as opposed to these DVD season that's sets true. and later on. Wow. All right, do you have anything else? I mean, we've basically just taken examples from what little there is and kind of made one giant hypothesis that can't be proven until we actually see it. Exactly. Should we talk about what the best case scenario would be? Well, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give the generic answer. Best case scenario is they get even better masters than the Dragon Box and they do the same style of remastering, which is implausible. Well, it's not it's implausible, but there is one thing to mention on that front. All right, then it what is it? Uh, that as far as we know, Toei did not remaster them in 1080. They did it in 480. That's very true, yes. And having done really expensive DVD sets and now the singles, there may be the question, is there enough interest for them to put the budget forth anytime soon to do it in 1080? Who? You're talking about Toei now as opposed to Funimation? Now, I honestly question if Funimation's master's can hold up on Blu-ray at all. I honestly do. For Dragon Ball, I absolutely do not think so. That's why, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's something that may happen or may have happened, is Funimation chips in with Toei to remaster the re- the original ones, and Funimation gets full access to them. So kind of do it like a new co-production on a new remastering. That has happened with a few things before. That's true. Like, um, like uh, Tai Seng did that with uh, the Blu-ray of Initial D. Oh, Interesting. Uh, well, here, let me let me shoot you one more question. How do you think the high-def community, because there is an entire community revolving around it, how have they responded so far to DBZ, and what do you think the response will be to these season sets? In general, it's been either Dragon Ball Z fans saying it's in high-def and it's my only choice, and the people who generally know high-def have generally said a little bit below average, maybe average at best. Okay. But average being not hard thing to say is the Average isn't the norm anymore for video and audio. Right, yeah. You're getting more up to where 85 and 90% of perfect being... That's the standard. That's the average now. Yeah. The best stuff is 100, but the average is closer to 80, 85, or 90. This is probably closer to... I don't want to say a number because then it sounds bad, but this is basically a C minus, D plus effort. So you're already rating it before it's out. I love it. Oh, I'm basing it on the movies. (laughs) Okay. If you you were to compare it to other releases, because here's the thing, regardless of the age, it's being compared to what's coming out. Very true. Yep. And it's not that good. 
it looks good compared to what we expected and what we can expect to see in the future, but it doesn't compare very well to anything that is being released. And part of that's just age. And we've talked about that. Funimation does everything they can to avoid admitting that this is a show from 1989, DBZ in particular, anyways. Exactly. All right. I think we covered pretty much everything we could without even having a physical product in our hands to discuss, which amazes me. <laughs> that just proves we're anime fans. So I am done with you. I'm going to get rid of you. And we're going to transition back to the rest of the show that we've already recorded. But thank you for coming in. You basically did an entire topic for me. You had all the screenshots and everything. I get to reap the benefits of you doing all the hard work. Yes, you do. And you get to pit my site again on the front page. I know. You're getting plugs from A&N. You're going to get plugs from me. I mean, we're not as big of a plug as Anime News Network, but it'll be something. Yeah, but I, I, also, I also got the plug a few days before from A&N where they say, Bandai says this guy's completely wrong. <laughs> nice. Which is fun considering I've talked to half a dozen actors who are in it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Mr. Chaos, God thereof, thank you for joining us. Welcome. And, uh, nice to talk to you always. Yeah, we'll definitely see you again soon. Probably when these horrible releases come out. That's right. We'll have you on. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, man. Yeah. I lied. We do have one release. Mary, January 21st, over in Spain. Alrighty, in a couple days, it's Dragon Ball Z Volume 29, uh, Region 2 DVD. It's a two-disc set. It covers episodes 232 through 239. That would be somewhere in the Boo saga. La saga de Boo. La Boo. Boo, 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 boo. And you can find more information at zonadvd.com, or if you prefer, zonadvd.com, or if you prefer, zonadvd.com. Thank you. You covered everything. My favorite being Z on a DVD. I'm sorry. Especially with regards to the show we're talking about. Z on a DVD. And now they I have made a them theme a jingle. Song. Yes, exactly. Mary, let's do some emails. The first email we have here, I know this guy. We're getting emails from people we know. Am I giving them preference? Hmm. Maybe he's just a cool guy and has things I like to hear. We have an audio email here from Hujio. Let's check in. Hey guys and gal, this is Hujo of Constantai, two-time guest, first-time audio emailer. I just wanted to send in this quick audio email and throw out a couple of my own thoughts on something you guys discussed in the last podcast episode. It was shortly after Mary's non-drunkenness that you discussed the recently released cover art from Japan, and I quote, And 13 and 14, I can't believe they're calling it 14. It's not 14. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Weird. It's not a Dragon Ball Z movie. That's so. right. The 10th anniversary movie is coming out 14th in line because they started with the DBZ movies. So then they're doing that. And it sounds like Dragon Ball movies one through three will come after that, uh, possibly all together in the same month. But then it also sounds like they'll be 15, 16, 17, which again is very misleading. Yes, that's the order in which they were released on DVD. It's not even the order that came out in Japan. So as you mentioned, This numbering system doesn't have anything to do with the actual movie itself, but rather the volume number within the 17-volume collection of these singles. This is most likely why they've been listing the series, either Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, that the movie belongs to on the cover itself. I know the numbering system used for this release has caused quite a bit of confusion amongst fans, as it has been brought up on your forums numerous times. Now typically, most Japanese sources don't divide the movies by series, but simply number them 1 through 17 based on the order in which they were released in Japan, 
1 through 3 would be the Dragon Ball movies, 4 through 16 would be the Dragon Ball Z movies, and 17 is the 10th anniversary movie. So, it makes sense that they'd number them in this fashion for this release, seen as it is a Japanese release. However, herein lies the biggest confusion. People see 1 through 13 on the Dragon Ball Z DVDs that have already been released, and it makes sense to them. I mean, those are in fact Dragon Ball Z movies 1 through 13. But once people saw 14 through 17, they reacted almost the same way as Julian did. Is that a Dragon Ball Z movie? If Toei had released the Dragon Ball movies first, like they did on the Dragon Box, then the 10th anniversary movie would have been 17, and the Dragon Ball Z movies would have been 4 through 16. So, really, the only movies that are out of order are the three Dragon Ball movies. Either way, there would still be movies with the wrong numbers on them. In this case, people would complain that the Dragon Ball Z movies weren't listed as 1 through 13, which is actually quite convenient, or you'd have people complaining that the 10th anniversary movie is listed as 17. I guess the biggest problem is that it's now harder to explain the numbering system than it would have been if they would have just done them in their proper release order to begin with. Now, I know it sucks having a big number 14 plastered on the front of the 10th anniversary DVD, but wouldn't it suck just as much to have the number 14 on the cover of Dragon Ball Z Movie 11? I guess then you'd have to do math to figure it out. And who really wants to involve math or physics when dealing with Dragon Ball? So, I guess that's my little explanation of why the numbering on the DVDs are the way they are. I think it's something we can easily live with, or at least I can, though I'm probably in the minority. And for the record, yes, Mike, the three Dragon Ball movies are being released last, all on the same day, March 13th. And they will indeed be marked as volumes 15, 16, and 17. Anyway, I didn't know if you guys wanted to discuss this any further, but that's all I've got for now. That is absolutely right. And I did hear one thing that I said last episode. I think I cut myself off mid-thought and transitioned into something. It's something about the way that they were released in Japan. It's important to note that the original, obviously the original way they came out was Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball movies 1 through 3, Dragon Ball Z movies 1 through 13, then the 10th anniversary movie. Uh, that's also how they came out in theaters and on home video. Now, when they came out on DVD over in Japan, uh, we should note that the first release of the movies on DVD is just the giant box set, the Dragon Box. And they're arranged in the box, Dragon Ball movies 1 through 3, Dragon Ball Z movies 1 through 13, and then the 10th anniversary movie. They're labeled by their titles on the discs. So there's not really volume numbers on them per se. Now when you come over to these single releases, this is where we're getting the Z movies 1 through 13, then the 10th anniversary movie is 14, and then Dragon Ball movies 1 through 3 as 15 through 17. Like you said, Hugio, math. Mary, how do you feel? Do you think they should have done something other than a 1 through 17 numbering system? Do you think it should have been 1 through 13 and then reboot it to 1 through 3 and then... Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just what our preference is here in North America, so I don't know what kind of logic they're using over there, but I definitely don't think it makes too much sense. They are at least going by the, the release pattern. If you go by the TV series anyways, the Dragon Boxes came... DBZ Volume 1, DBZ Volume 2, then the original Dragon Ball, and then they jump forward to GT. So they're at least following that same kind of uh, single-release schedule format with the single movies, where it's DBZ, then back to Dragon Ball, although the 10th anniversary movie is kind of 
weird. So it's an interesting discussion, and thank you, Hudio. Next email here. Mary, why don't you read it from Javier? Okay, Javier says, Hello, I've been a big fan of Mike and Mary's AMVs ever since I discovered Daisenshu EX in 2004. I remember leaving my computer on overnight to download a 20, I can't, what does that say, 20 meg? Yes, 20 meg okay, AMV. Okay, 20 meg AMV. Yeah, I still had dial-up in 2004. Anyway, my question is, will you guys be updating your old AMVs into higher resolution encodes? I'd really love to see new H.264 encodes of my favorite AMVs. Anyway, thank you for the time. Um, Some of these have been um, re-edited sort of. and re-encoded, but not for mass distribution. I did a couple of re-edits for panels at Anime Week in Atlanta, and I don't know that I ever publicly put them online or anything. And no, even then, it was them, only like two or three videos. We made them specifically for DVDs that we handed out at those panels, kind of like little bonus items on the DVDs. You remade Hardest Sword, which was a video you made in 2000, and you remade Traces of Insanity, which I think you did in 2001? I think so. Something like that? And then we Two re- Trunks videos. And then last year we redid Vogue, which we both did in oh 2000. Oh my god, that's right. Which I have not watched. AMG. I haven't watched it since I edited it. And I also redid Who Wants to Live Forever, which I think I also did for last year or the year before. I actually don't did remember. You? Yeah, I did it in like a night. I don't remember this at all. I did, and I do not know what computer it's on. I'm going to have to find it. <laughs> it's on the hard drive somewhere. I know, God, I'm so nervous now. It's like, I just remember just now with this email that I did, you know, Vogue and the um, Who Wants to Live Forever remakes. Well, you here's did. what it comes back to, is master files of videos. I think pre-2000, anything, Mary, that you did is probably not going to be anything higher than 320 by 240. I don't even have like master files of much of those. Um, back in the day when I was first getting into digital editing, I I had like no space. I think I was working with like three gigs on a computer back then. So when I was finished with the video, I would delete all the files and just keep the real video file. So anything that's like 2000 and earlier, I really don't have masters of, which is why we went back and remastered some of our some of our early modern quote unquote um, videos. You know, from early 2000 and, and 2001. It was a special, but from some of the you know, 1998 to 2000 stuff. I don't know if I'll ever get around to you know doing high res versions. Right. The only one I always wanted to do was uh, Nasty Boys, and I wanted to do it for my 10th anniversary of being into AMVs, which has since come and gone. But nothing is stopping me from doing that someday. So you became more serious about doing videos in 2001. 2000. And, well, 2000. I think again, late, late 2000. Probably again, when I met you. Your Fushiki video was 2001. I think that was kind of that your, was like 2000. I, was it really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'd say that was your turning point with videos where things... I think it was... Oh, you know what? I'm second guessing myself. I'm pretty sure it was 2001 because that's when Let's the talk of them came the out and this is DBZ Life and... Okay, you got a point there. Okay. Uh, so from there on out, we have, I think, 640 by 480, if not 720 by 480, depending on uh, the capture versus DVD rip source of videos. The thing is, if we're going to do higher quality encodes of videos, I want to go back and clean up the videos because back then, didn't really know what I was doing. At so this point, interlacing yeah, problems I mean, the stuff is just so stuff. bad. That's why we've been remaking this stuff because it's a lot more satisfying to see you know, how you maybe... But it's, it's not It's how same. you intended it. Like, you know, redoing it. It's like, oh, okay, this was what I was All trying right, to Mr. do. All right, Mr. Lucas. Oh, 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 oh. You know, we were having this debate when we were um, remaking, um, like, Who Wants... Well, when I was You remaking were remaking Traces of Insanity, and a couple of the ending beats with some of the fixtures weren't the same. They were slightly off. And I said, damn it, Mary, this isn't the same you video You wanted now. the flawed version. I wanted...
wanted the flawed version. And I've actually, I think I've said this to Ermac, who um, did Ava videos, is what he was known for back then, blah, 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 blah. He redid, what was it? Was it Closer, I think it was? And yeah. I don't like the second version of the video. I think it's missing that charm, that that raw whatever from the first version. That and the raw whatever, nice, nice. Yes, eloquent. raw whatever. I'm very eloquent when I talk about AMVs. It's why I do panels all over the place, you know? Uh, so hiring codes of things, more recent things, we probably we can probably do very easily. We could probably pull off 2002, 2003 Five. onwards. We could probably do... I'd say from about 2001 to maybe 2004, I'd want to do some extensive cleanup work on the videos. They're on out. We have perfectly fine masters of all our videos. So we could do something with them. I don't know. It's something we can investigate to do in the future. Yeah, put them up on the org. Is that what he's saying? Oh, I don't I'm know. assuming by each... Because that's like where we host them. I mean, also no, on I, I, ho- I host everything off off the org for download. I don't know, Javier, you tell us what particular videos. Are there specifically DBZ videos that you'd like to see? I think Doom Rider could really benefit from a new encode. So we've had that XVID that's the 100 meg XVID back when animemusicvideos.org wouldn't host any projects la- larger than 100 megs. And I was really struggling to get it looking halfway acceptable at 100 megs. Now that we have all these new containers and formats and stuff, you could do a really nice encode of that video. So Javier, let us know what videos are you interested in seeing uh, new encodes of? We're taking your requests. That's right. Let's uh, go on to the third and last email for the episode here. This comes to us from Anthony. Anthony says, hey, Mike, Mary, Julian, I totally forgot to mention Julian in this episode. We're recording Thursday night, so it's Friday morning in Japan, and he's at work. Sorry. And whoever else might be present, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I have a question directed towards Mike, but anyone else is welcome to share their two cents. Oh, I didn't read this ahead of time. I wouldn't have read it. Mary, why don't you continue reading it then, since it's directed towards me? Okay. <laughs> Way to <laughs> include an email and not know what it says. Okay. No, I know what it says. I didn't see that Mike. Answer this part. Sorry. Okay. Mike, I, yes. know, I know you're a longtime Street Fighter fan. And I right. was wondering if you've seen the trailer to Street Fighter, the Legend of Chun-Li movie that opens in a few weeks. Mary, if you're going to say it, you got to say it right. And you have to do it. Street, Street Fighter. Okay. The Legend of Chun-Li. I just made that up. Anyway, uh, I was curious what your thoughts are of it in comparison to the live action Dragon Ball movie. While it's hard to deny that the Dragon Ball movie isn't looking too good, I have to give it some props for having a clear, if a bit tenuous, connection to its source material. The Street Fighter movie seems nearly devoid of any elements from the games other than the names of some of the characters and the basic concept of people finding each other. What do you think of these different approaches, and will either of these be worth watching? Discipline. Justice. Justice. Commitment. Commitment. Uh, yes. Gay sex. Lo- <laughs> um. Continue. I love Street Fighter, yes. I, I think this could actually turn into maybe its own topic, I don't know, but since our timeline is only going on 23 minutes, maybe we can spend some time talking about this, Mary. There's a lot of stuff here. Uh, I know I watched the trailer. Did you think you were looking over my I shoulder? I half-watched it. I only caught it at the end, so I can't really comment on it accurately. I would say that the characters are just as unidentifiable in both. There are a couple elements in both trailers that can clue 
clue you in onto who the characters are. For example, in the Dragon Ball trailer, we have, as people have called him, Chat Koo, opening up the chest to see his a version of his trademark orange gi. You're like, okay, that's Goku. Over in the Street Fighter trailer, we see some claws, and you say, okay, that's Vegas slash Balrog. All right, I'm following along here. Other than that, characters are very, very hard to distinguish I'd even say from each other. I mean, we have the blue strand of hair on Bulma. If you didn't know I didn't that ahead of time, that ever, okay, ever. What? There's blue hair. There's like a little strand in on the front, the side, or something. But that's the kind of thing you have to keep up and know and look for it. With Street Fighter, I tried to not really follow along with anything that's going on with it and just see the really important stuff that's come along as it leaks, like the trailer. That's a really important thing. So I. I Took a look at it. <sighs> Dragon Ball's uh, bigger and longer fandom for me. Well, that's not true. I think I was into Street Fighter before I was into Dragon Ball. But Dragon Ball's obviously bigger for me than Street Fighter is. I'm doing a Dragon Ball podcast and website, not a Street Fighter podcast and website. So, uh, different approaches to the source material. Mary, I want to pull you in with a little bit on this. This is a big discussion people have with the original source material and new versions on that story, new spins on that story. We've noted time and time again how you were into X-Men before any of this other stuff, and that's probably, would you say it's your biggest fandom, bigger than Dragon Ball? I don't know, because I'm on and off with X-Men. I'm not reading anything right now, and I was a year ago. So, where is Dragon Ball? a constant part of my life. X-Men isn't necessarily so, but I do like to go back and read back issues and graphic novels and whatnot. But I think, I don't know, I I would put it at the same level as Dragon Ball. Okay, that's My love for it is the same. Where I want to go with this is, you know a good portion of the original comic story, and even then there are spin-offs and alternate universes and things within there. But then we get to things like the cartoon series. We had the 90s cartoon. Uh, more recently, there was Evolution, and then now there's the Wolverine and the X-Men. These are all different, and of course, the live-action movies. These are all different takes on what is ultimately the same story, the same group of characters. To me, as not quite a hardcore fan of X-Men, I mean... For me, it's just whatever you're into, I kind of see off in the distance and I'll sit and watch the series with you. From my perspective, I like these different takes on the story and I like seeing the little things that are carried over from story to story so I can say, oh, okay, I know what they're referencing. Even if I don't get everything, because obviously not having familiarity with the comics, I don't know all of the references. Every time we're watching a new cartoon series over these three iterations, you'll say, oh my God, they're pulling in that character. And I'm like, "Eh, well, it doesn't mean anything to me. So Give me a little bit on that. For new takes on a series, you know, this Dragon Ball movie and especially Street Fighter as well, these are new takes on an established story. So are you looking forward to a new take or do you want it to be like that original? Because you liked Evolution, which arguably could be said is more like the original comic than the... I don't know. Take it away. Um, I think your mileage may vary depending on how willing you are to accept a very different version of a thing that you love. I personally really like, you know, alternate universe type takes on franchises and seeing, you know, different spin on it. As long as the integrity and the main idea gets across, I don't care about Dragon Ball the movie because I don't think it has any of those things. I've made that very clear that I don't think it seems similar in any respect and therefore I don't care. And it's not because, oh my god, it's like so, so different. It's not exactly it. I just think it's missing the essential things that make Dragon Ball as lovable as it is. 
And as far as the Street Fighter movie goes, I think it's too hard to tell because I haven't seen the trailer. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to approach it. I mean, you've heard me on the podcast talking about these things where I would love to love these movies. I don't think it's going to be the case. I don't even know how to answer these questions. That's I don't the think we need to mull it over then. All right. So we'll just wait until they're out and we'll obviously talk about them. We'll clearly dedicate an entire episode to the Dragon Ball live action movie. And I think Street Fighter will be a good uh, alternate universe, similar kind of thing where it's, then again, I mean, Street Fighter is a fighting game. How much story? I, I know what the story is. Killed dad and killed Guile's partner and trained with Goku. I, I mean, there's not a whole lot there. There's a lot more in Dragon Ball to mess around with. So, Anthony, I'm pretty sure we didn't answer your question at all. I am looking forward to both movies simply because... Well, his question is, what did you think of these different approaches which we addressed? And will either of these be worth watching? I, don't I think, think we say no. I don't think they're very different approaches at all. And will they be worth watching? Well, anything's worth watching to someone out there. I mean, even... Uwe Boll movie can give you some type of sick pleasure, I suppose. I really, really want to watch Postal for some reason. I think just because Dave Foley's in You're it. You're on your own. Alright, that's fine. Mary, if people would like to send questions that we may or may not answer. Send them on over to podcast at diazex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Thank you very much. I think we're going to wrap up the episode. Cool, Daddy-O. And I'm going to kick out the cats while we record the topic because Tara is running around scraping of things, meowing. Now Being she's a general whore. <laughs> Being a general whore. That's fine. Whore Mary, of a cat, yes. If people like to check out your website, I suppose. Yes, you can go to www.templeotrunks.com. The site is Temple O Trunks, a Trunks fan site for your amusement. Thanks. You're welcome. I haven't acquired your site yet. <sighs> God, well, you're not offering enough. Do you know when you're... Uh, current hosting plan expires i don't but should if, look into that if you want me to i will yeah look into that I i'll move it over always up for uh saving some money so That's all good all right i'll save you save me from right. myself and my black hole of a website uh julian and myself can be found at daizenchuex that's www.daizex.com Julian's supposed to be working on a couple things. We'll see. I'm sending him some more lyrics. He's going to catch up on those. That uh, tidbit should be coming sometime in the near future. Julian, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Send me what you think on the last couple emails. Mm, unless I've talked to you before then, then I have it in the pages up, which is a possibility. Until then, for Mary over here. Bye-bye. For Julian off in Japan. And for God of Chaos, for doing an episode with us. My name is Mike, the Gito EX. And that was 160 episodes of this podcast. Daizenchuiexpodcast.com. Shimokite kudasatte. Arigatou gozaimasu. Jigaimo. Otanishimini.